Good morning, church. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I just never thought I would stand up here and preach to the uh, English congregation. Uh, I've been, FCBC One is my only church. And I have been to uh, this church, I would say maybe 13 years. And actually, no, I have to be totally honest. I know more people in the English congregation through all this church ministry, like Awana, like uh, 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 Monday Night Basketball. You know, I think I see a lot of Monday Night Basketball buddies here, and uh, it's feel kind of strange that I'm standing up here and preaching to you guys, right? But anyway, uh, yeah, first of all, I would like to thank you for everyone that here who has been praying for me and for my family. And uh, this is a very strange journey for me, that which, uh, you know, my native tongue is either Mandarin or English. Now, yeah, I am, I'm a 1.5 generation, I would say myself. Uh, most people thought, you know, 1.5 generation, they can speak both languages pretty well. But then, you know, I'm telling you, I miss... The, the 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 core part of the learning process, and actually both uh, you know, languages. I'm not uh, really. It's not my first choice, but you know. Uh, but then then I asked Pastor Hanny. I say, hey, you know, uh, what, should I get a translator today? And Pastor Hanny say, nah, just go ahead and uh, speak. And so you know, so today I'm going to speak. The sermon, which is, I kind of, to be honest with you, is translated from the Mandarin, uh, same sermon. But, uh, you know, uh, it will be, you know, using my broken English, so-called. And then also in a Chinese way. Then, uh, you know, it's, it's because the translation is kind of a little, you know, uh, kind of a little funny, but, you know, but anyway. Uh, but again, you know, uh, I thank you everyone here and supporting me. And then also, you know, uh, that, uh, I hope that uh, God can use this uh, sermon, this message, uh, to um, work in our heart. Let's, uh, I would like to do a short prayer before this message. Dear God, we thank you so much. We thank you that because your word is just so powerful. Your work is just, uh, just working in our hearts. And your work that just able to draw us closer to you. Lord, we ask that. May your spirit be here with all of us. So we just, through your word, we want to glorify your name. We thank you so much. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So to begin with, uh, I would like to start to asking you guys a question. Um, is anyone here get sick a lot during your childhood? Anyone here? Oh. The hands up here. That's all. You guys are all pretty healthy, right? During your childhood. You know, uh, for myself, uh, when I was uh, in my, I would say, eight or nine years old, and uh, I get sick a lot. I was That was back in Hong Kong. You know, I get sick a lot. I almost have to go to see the doctor once every two weeks. So due to some type of flu or cough, so, you know, so I go there pretty often, where every time when I walk into this, the doctor's office, the doctor would say, you again, Gary? I go, yeah, it's me again. You know, and then, you know, and, and pretty much he, he gave me the same medication, which, you know, and after I taking the medication, you know, thank goodness, you no, know, I, I, I able to get well, recovering pretty, pretty soon. I mean, pretty fast. So, 
But then, you know, beside the flu and the coughing, I have another health issue. No, my other health issue, uh, what is it? I don't know every, you guys ever even heard of this. No, I even put the Chinese up there. So you guys, you know, the one that maybe no Chinese know about this. Taste the sweat. Chinese is what? Lao Tam Hong. Mandarin is what? Liu Dan Han. Okay? So, anyone here know what is this? Oh, somebody raised their hand. Okay, good. So, basically, if you, for those who doesn't know what that is, well, what is the normal people, what is the sweat should taste like? Salty, right? Salty, right? But somehow, you know, when I was little, uh, my mom told me that, you know, your sweat doesn't have the salty taste. Your sweat is tasteless. You know, until this day, I still try to figure out how my mom knew my sweat is tasteless. <laughs> so, you know, but then, anyway, my mom is really worried about me. Say, hey, what's going on here? So what it is, she is trying to ask everyone, anyone that she ran into, you know, do you know about tasteless sweat? You know, do you, is any way, you know, how to, you know, do you have a solution or do you have some type of cure you can suggest? So anyway, my one, and then she, my mom actually have, uh, you know, run a lot of people. People tell them a different way to, you know, do, and one, the very one special cure, I remember, I remember, you know, uh, I say, the solution is you have to use a cooked coffee grounds, you know, uh, you know, to, to put in the hot water and make a, so I can take a bath with it. So, so I can wash away, you know, I don't know where the logic coming from, but, you know, it's a, it, it, it worked, it worked. So then I go, well, you know, and then my mom, of course, she will try anything. She will try everything. So then she say, but keep in mind, that was in the 60s. That was in the 60s. And in Hong Kong, you know, when you, uh, to 60, coffee at that time is pretty, like, expensive stuff. It's pretty, like, upscale stuff. No, it's not easy. It's not easy to find, uh, you know, to get even, you know, ground coffee, uh, coffee ground. But you're talking about the cooked coffee ground. It's even a bigger challenge. So, my mom's like, wow, where, 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 where can I get this, uh, you know, cooked coffee ground? And, and then, luckily, and we have a distant, she have a distant cousin, which is working at that time at, at the nightclub. Now, I bet you do not even think about the, that direction, okay? It's not, not all that. She, she is just a cleaning lady who worked in the uh, nightclub. And they should go to clean the nightclub after it's closing. So, anyway, my mom tried, of course, she wanted to get this, uh, cooked coffee ground for me. So she would go out in the evening, really late every night to go to uh, her cousin, my this relative, distant relative, to get those cooked coffee ground for me. So, you know, um, of course, I tried it. So, guess what? Do you, do you think the cooked coffee ground really works? If you believe the cooked coffee ground will work, then you know, okay. Anyway, it didn't. Absolutely, absolutely not. So, um, but my mom was disappointed. My mom is disappointed. But then she is 
And she went and, and continued looking for, you know, other solution. So she would spend a lot of time, a lot of money doing this, uh, you know, just to try to, you know, find a solution for me. So, again, similarly, in today's message, in the Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34, it's about women who have discharged of blood for 12 years. She has spent all her money and she spent all her time and looking for a cure. And any, and people for any, any cure people can think of. So, again, what is the discharge of blood meant in the Bible? Okay. If we turn to the Bible in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 15, in saying that, he say what? He say, if the women have a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days of the discharge she shall continue is uncleanness. As in the days of her impurity, she shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies on all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of her impurity, and everything on which she sits shall be unclean, as the in the uncleanness of her menstrual impurity, and whoever touches this thing shall be unclean. Now, according to this message, this passage, we know the disease is possibly a type of menstrual disease. And then the word unclean, though, in this uh, passage, have shown up how many times? Five times, right? I already highlighted it for you. And then the Bible, when we see a such word have been repeating the same word for multiple times, what is usually meant? It usually meant that's a point that we should pay attention to. And here, having this discharge of blood disease means you are unclean. Now, it's turned out to be in the Jewish law. This is the disease of women. Whoever suffers from this disease should be, will be treated as unclean person. Now, whoever, whatever, wherever the sick have touched, it will also be treated as unclean. For those who touch it, it's also become unclean. And because of that, no one at that time would like to get near the women, the women who suffered from this disease. Like those who suffered from the leprosy. These people were to be separated from the other people and forced to live far away from the city. Not to mention that they were not allowed to go in the synagogue for worship. They were being ignored and they were being discriminated. And they were being treated unfairly. This indicates that true. The discharge of blood was not only a disease of the physical body, it was a disease of a heart and soul. Now, if we look closely in this modern world, no matter what how old you are, what age you are, to a certain extent, we are all troubled in our soul. Now, a few weeks ago, in doing the, the, in the Mandarin Sunday school, uh, someone asked me that. Someone asked me that. They say, why should people believe in Jesus? Well, I thought about it. I say, that's a good question. So 
I thought about it a little, and they say, well, my answer is, I think most people believe in Jesus because they want to receive the salvation, right? But beside that, so beside the need of salvation, I do believe that is a hole of emptiness in everyone's heart, which only could be fulfilled by Jesus. And no matter if you are rich or you are poor, and no matter if you are in good health or you are sick, and no matter you do have a family or you are alone by yourself, if you don't have Jesus, you will feel the hope of emptiness in your heart at some point in your life. And no one could ever feel it completely, but only God could. Before I became a Christian, I have a pretty decent job. I was a, I don't want to proud, I mean, brag about it, but I was a vice president of a, at a bank. So, uh, but I'm not rich. I don't have to really worry about my finances at that time. I have my wife, and I have my daughter, and also, I also have a lot of friends that keep me company, as I like to be surrounded by people. But however, at some point in my life, even I was surround, surrounded by a, a lot of people, a big crowd, I still started to have this loneliness and this ice-cold feeling in my heart. I start to feel that is a horrible feeling. I feel this depressive feeling was growing in my heart each day. And there comes to a point that I was searching for a solution to get rid of these horrible feelings. Back then, I don't know who God is. So all I can do right at that time is just look up to the sky and say, let's make a deal. If you can find a replacement to take care of my wife, to take care of my daughter, I'm willing to leave this world with you now. I feel no hope in my life anymore. And I was at the lowest point of my life. But suddenly, God showed up. God showed up. He is able to feel the hole of my emptiness. And he turned my life around. A lot of people, might, I heard a lot of people said, the church is like a hospital. Those who come to the church to seek God, they probably all have an emptiness in their life and they need Jesus' healing. But in fact, all of us here need the gospel of Christ to heal us in a certain way. For some of you, I don't know, when you come to church today, if you are carrying this emptiness in your heart, or some of you, I don't know, if this emptiness has been existing for, in your heart for how long? The woman in this passage today, she has suffered physically and emotionally from this sickness. Not 12 days, not 12 weeks, not 12 months, but 12 years. We're talking about a long time. Now, she had been tortured by this sickness over and over again. Yes, she didn't lose the hope to continue to seek for a solution, to seek for the healing. Now, we know from the first part 
of the scripture that this woman has spent all her money and he's tried everything. She's tried everything to find a possible solution. Yet none of this helped her, but rather to make things worse. Now when the woman heard about the miracle of Jesus, she believed that Jesus had the power of healing. So when Jesus walked past her town, she intentionally getting closer to Jesus and touched his garment. And by the way, the woman was healed. The sickness had tortured her for 12 years, and her body was healed. If we look closer, the healing process of this woman is just like a journey of some people when they believe in Jesus. Now, for example, if a person facing difficulty in life, yet there's no solution. So it is kind of like the woman when she's seeking cure and with, with difficulty. And then when this person heard the gospel, he believed that Jesus is able to turn his life around and give him eternal life. Again, it's just like the woman when she heard about Jesus doing the miracles and she believed Jesus can heal her sickness. At last, this person opened his heart to accept Jesus as his Savior. And it's like this woman. She accepts Jesus and receives Jesus' healing. Now this comparison I'm making is just actually saying that there is a lot of people, after they have heard the gospel, they are willing to accept Jesus. But if these people only accept Jesus as their Savior, then the gospel they receive is incomplete. Likewise, if the story of this woman have ended right now here, then this, then this woman only have her physically, physical body healed. She might thought, yes, everything got well, her problem has resolved, but actually the healing is not complete yet. Anyone recognize this place? Uh, who, I, I should ask who hasn't been to this place? No one, right? Pretty much everyone. Everyone has been there. And most of it, of course, this is Disneyland, right? And uh, do you know, do you know, maybe I should ask some old timers. <laughs> uh, what is, that's another name uh, for Disneyland. Does anyone know? Remember? Anyone know? It's not a name. It's called a Magic Kingdom, right? It's called a, it's called a Magic Kingdom. Now just imagine this. If someone offers you a complimentary, totally free lifetime pass to this kingdom, and this pass has no restriction, you could go there as many times as you want. You can go there anytime you want. Because this kingdom is never closed. Now, do you want a free pass? Do you want a free pass for yourself? Definitely, I would, right? But imagine that. Every time when you are going to this kingdom, you are only staying at the garden by the entrance. Well, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, it has the Mickey Mouse head, which are made of flowers. It looks nice. And it's a great place for you to take a selfie, right? The selfie, uh, no, at the garden. But you know what? 
the most exciting and the best things are not in the garden. It's inside the kingdom. That's a lot more offered in the kingdom. A much greater view for you to take a selfie. Also, you might thought you are already in the kingdom, but you are only in the front entrance. Brother and sister, are you really in the kingdom? Or are you just standing at the entrance? Do you know how to get to the kingdom? Likewise, many people have accepted Jesus, but they only accept Jesus as their Savior. And they did not accept Jesus as the Lord of their life. And this is not receiving the complete gospel, just like they are not yet in the kingdom. A real Christian, not only willing to confess their sin and repent, accept Jesus as their Savior, they must also take the next step, which is accepting Jesus as the Lord of their life. It is easy for people to receive a gift, usually, right? With the great love from Jesus, who suffered and died at the cross for us to gain the eternal life. Now, many Christians thought that accepting Jesus as the Savior is more than enough. But in reality, they still have a difficult and hopeless life they're living in, especially in this world of despair. They are, fa- they are facing daily stress, having a heavy load on the shoulder, they have their lack of peace, and they are helpless when they're facing life difficulties. Spirit, Holy Spirit lived in their hearts, but nothing changed their life. This is not the life that Jesus wants us to have. In Galatians chapter 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. As a true Christian, it really means we have to connect, we have to exchange the life of Christ, connect with Christ, and then we just, also we need to have a total submission to Christ. If... Um, as we try to give our life to Jesus, we need to have him to lead our life, and then we should live according to his will. Oops. Now we are approaching to the second part of the scripture here, and this is mentioned that there's a large crowd have, you know, that was following Jesus. And the woman was hiding behind the, in the crowd, and then she came up behind Jesus and touched his garment. Then she, she, then she got healed. Now what happened next kind of caught, uh, caught us by surprise. And Jesus, in the scriptures, say, feeling in himself that power has gone out from him, and immediately turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garment? Now I feel the disciple was a little, when, when they heard what Jesus asked, they were a little unhappy about by Jesus' question, and you said, "You." And then they kind of reply and talk, say, "Jesus, you see, the crowd was pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me?'" Clearly, the disciple didn't understand what's in Jesus' mind. Just imagine, 
If you are the disciple, when you actually is there at the sin, you, you saw people who were pushing around on their way and very go toward Jesus, and Jesus just all of a sudden turned around and said, who touched me? How would you react if you're the disciple? How do you know what Jesus is thinking? Why he's asking this question? Likewise, as the church of of the church of Christ, did we pay a special attention to God and what God is doing in our church? Have we taken the initiative to understand His will? Do we understand the plan God has for us for the building project? Should we come together and pray for the project and then ask God, how could we participate in His plan as a church? Have we noticed the vision God had given to our church? How should we be a disciple maker? How should we help to expand God's kingdom? Have we ever asked God, have we asked God how we become a vibrant Christian so we can love passionately, love authentically, give generously, and go courageously? The scripture continues to say, even the disciples are so close to Jesus. In fact, they were living every day with Jesus. But they still don't understand Jesus. They felt strange about Jesus asking, who touched me? Jesus, on the other hand, he cared less. He didn't care his disciple reaction. He continued to look around for the one who touched him. Let us, let me ask you this. Why Jesus, why Jesus want to know who touched him? Why Jesus want to know? Because Jesus, at that time, the large crowd who pushed the way to Jesus, Jesus would actually want to perform amazing healing, a complete healing for Jesus. No, this woman not only need her physical body to be healed, he know that he needed to be healed from the inside out, a holistic healing. From here we can see, only God knows our greatest need. Sometimes even ourselves do not know what we need. What is the best for us? Why do we, what do we need the most? I think people often think about money, money, luxury, fame, maybe social, and social status as the most important thing for their life. We think all these things is able to fill the emptiness we have in our hearts. And we give up the chance to get close to the Lord. But let me tell you this. Only God is able to provide all your needs in life. In verse 33, it says, But the women, knowing what happened to her, came to fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now, this is an important verse. The women's in fear when he realized Jesus actually healed her from the sickness. She, she fell down before Jesus and told him everything that what she had done. Now, Jesus, why Jesus want her, want to find out who, who this woman is? The reason is clear. Jesus wants to reveal what she have 
done publicly and announced that she is healed from the blood discharge disease. Then she would begin her, her faith, change her life attitude, and live in a whole new life. Jesus has healed her heart and soul. Through the healing of these women, we could see her faith and submission towards Jesus. When she knew she was amazingly healed, she was terrified at first, but then she knew Jesus is God. Also, these women need to face a large crowd, and she has still willing, she, and she's still willing to submit herself to Jesus. She bowed down before him and confessed what she has done. She has submitted to Jesus entirely and have Jesus be the Lord of her life. Now, when the women have completely accepted Jesus, the power of gospel also changed her life because she told everyone about her healing. She is no, she's no longer the same sick woman who has been ignored, discriminated, or treated unfairly. She could she now she could face the people with faith and start a new life. At the last verse, 34, and Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be and be healed of your disease. Now with Right here, we can see the gospel not only transform our life, but it could also heal our relationship with God. The women trust and submit to Jesus, and she was called daughter by Jesus. We can see the relationship has been changed. Now that these women receive a new identity, which is the daughter of God. And now she is in a new intimate relationship with Jesus. In the meantime, Jesus said to her, Your faith has made you well. The word made you well in the original language in the Bible actually means heal and save. Because her trust and submission, the women, the women, the women has, was healed and saved. Now when people meet God, with an open heart, and the willingness to build a relationship with Him, our life will go through some amazing changes. Now, as I have mentioned earlier, uh, before I got, um, I became a Christian, I had this emptiness in my life, and this emptiness has made me feel extremely hopeless. And I felt I was in the lowest point of my life. But at the same time, all of a sudden, we found that my wife was diagnosed with cancer. This news broke her heart, and she was in tears all the time. And no one, including her friend, her sister, her family member, no one could comfort her. And I felt completely helpless and didn't know what to do. And suddenly, I remember I sent, we were sending our daughter, Jody. Uh, to the church every Sunday. And then we just, after we drop her off, we will go to have lunch or go to the grocery market. Uh, I think a lot of people doing that in church too. <laughs> but, starting point. So, anyway, even though we're doing that, we, we have a chance to meet, um, uh, Pastor Wilson. So, I was all run out of the solution. So what I did is, I said, well, I tried everything. I even tried 
worship idol, or even try you know, feng shui or whatever. So nothing worked. So I called Pastor Wilson and told him about my wife, Cammy, his, her condition. So Pastor Wilson came to my house right away and then talked to us for a little bit. And then Pastor Wilson prayed for us, prayed for my wife, Cammy. And then Pastor, Pastor Wilson, he left our home. So all this, after he leave, all of a sudden, my wife was telling me that she started feeling this peace in her heart. And this, I, she doesn't know where this peace is coming from. But she said this peace is helping her to able to face the cancer. It's able to help her to fight the cancer. Wow, when I, when I see that changes in my wife, I was amazing. I felt amazing the reaction my wife had. Because no matter how I help her previously, whatever I try, nothing works. However, I, however, when I saw this happening, for some reason, I, I have an urge to, to pray myself. So as a man, you know, I feel kind of embarrassed to pray in front of uh, someone. So what I did is I, got, I go into my room, lock the door, I kneel down, so, and I start to do my very first prayer in my life. I don't know what to say. So all I said is, I say, I don't know who you are, but if you are the God that created this universe and everything, if you are listening, please let me get to know you. Just with this short prayer, my life began to change. And within a month, God turned my life around completely. Before, drinking and gambling with friends was the main activity for my weekend. And those activities suddenly became very unattractive to me. And I don't need them anymore. And I started to spend more time with my family. And then I began to attend FCBC Walnut and ask my church. At that time, I find out, want to find out a little more about Jesus. And I asked my church friend a lot of questions about Jesus, but it seemed no one's able to answer my question. All they say is, just go home and read the Bible and find your own answer. <laughs> so, so, I got, so I got home and tried to, and I, and I tried to dig out this old Bible that uh, my friends gave me many years ago, and uh, I finally found it. I never even opened it. It's full of dust. So when I opened up this Bible and started to read, and I was amazed that I found finally find the truth of life, and I start to understand about life and start to understand it is so important to have a relationship with God. And I understand only by giving my life entirely to Jesus, the, em the emptiness in my life could be filled. Only by giving my life entirely to Jesus, then I could find an everlasting life. And only by following and submitting to Jesus, I could enjoy the abundance of life. Today's theme of the scripture is, 
experience God's power and grace through the faith and submission. To receive a holistic gospel, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior by faith. But not only that, you also need to submit yourself to accept Jesus as your Lord. Now we as a Christian, we talk about Jesus a lot. We pray to Jesus a lot. We always call him like, my Lord, my Lord. But do we really let Jesus be the Lord of our life? Or we just move on our own direction, do our own thing, and just making our own decision according to our own preferences? In Ephesians 2, we should all be very familiar with this, uh, uh, these verses. And basically, he's just telling us that salvation is God-given. It's not by our own doing. Now, usually, when we read the scripture here, we always often just stop here. But, you know, we forget, but then we forget about the next verse. The this next verse is saying in verse 10, the verse 10 is saying, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the purpose why God saved us. He wants us to work along with him, follow his will, fulfill his vision, glorify his name. Due to this, we must take Jesus as the Lord and follow him. But sometimes, when we realize that when we believe in Jesus, actually we need to make Jesus as our Lord. Sometimes we start to hesitate because this is the price we need to pay for a real to to be a real, real disciple of Jesus by submitting ourselves to Him. But I want you to know, to follow Jesus and to experience God is something you don't want to miss. Because it's the most excited experience of life. Having Jesus as our Lord is the only way to have abundant life. Next, I have two questions for all of you. For the first question, actually, I stole this question from uh, one of uh, Pastor Albert's uh, preaching many years ago. But it is this question is so important. So after so many years, I thought it's time to ask that, this question again. The question is, is God important to you? You're probably thinking, what kind of question is this? If God is not important to me, why should be I, why I should be church early in the Sunday? The answer is, of course, God is important to me. However, I would ask, what does the word important mean to you? Some research is saying, if something or someone is important to you, there's a three things you must be willing to devote. You must be willing to devote your time, your heart, and your money. Now, how much time would you devote to read the Bible? Pray to God and doing daily devotion? Do you devote your heart to meditate on God, serving the church, building up other people to become the disciple of Jesus? 
would you devote your money to God's work and help the expansion of God's kingdom? If there is something or someone so important to you, you would definitely and willing to devote your time, your heart, and your money. Now we should all understand the meaning of important. Now I would like to ask you again, is God important to you? Please answer to yourself. The second question is, as of right now, is Jesus if your Savior or your Lord? Please also answer this question to yourself. Finally, if Jesus said, if you are willing to follow me, do what I said in the Bible in your daily life, if you are willing to submit your life to me, let me hold your hands and walk with you step by step toward my direction. And just don't keep staying at the entrance. Don't just stay in the garden. Follow me into the kingdom. I will give you peace and abundant life. Would you like to follow me? If Jesus asked you the same question, how would you respond? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you because you are our Lord. You are the Lord of our life. Only you can give us abundant life. Only you just give us to see what's the true meaning of life. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And I thank, thank you that I'm able to share your word with the English congregation. Please bless them all. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.